Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're listening today or watching for episode 188 of Tree Talk with myself, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. It was an epic weekend of GA action for Limerick, especially with the Munster Hurling final win against Clare after extra time. We'll be looking at, I suppose, the 100 minutes of action we, we saw in Thurlis. There's football this weekend, there's ladies' football, there's camogie. The, the county leagues are starting to kind of hit their stride and we're into the knockout stages. So there's a lot to come, so stay tuned for that and more. The impression the game we get all with what you put into is like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. Do that to Tomas O'Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me out there from the world court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? We have a couple of injuries. Here comes Kieran Curry. Curry leading the charge of the right brigade. 45 meters out. He's a chance to score. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. I suppose we're recording this on Wednesday after Sunday's Munster final. Are you recovered, Matt? Just about, Jack, and um, I'm still gloating, of course, but um, I just, just looking at our intro clip there, um, I can't help thinking but there was a very, very strong candidate for inclusion in that and that, that spectacular point that Declan Hannon got at the end of, of, of regulation time. You know, how wonderful it would be had it proved to be the winning point in an All-Ireland final. And I suppose, to the only, you know, we'll be talking about it in a second, but to the only, only rightly befitted the performance of the man, which was extraordinary, I thought, on the day, you know. Yeah, it would have been fitting for Declan to finish the game, but they got there in the end. I think it was fitting as well that it was Tony Kelly at the other end that was playing two of the best players to ever play in Ireland, not to mind for respective counties, but... I mean, like, where do you start with a game like that? One twenty nine, twenty nine after extra time. Incredibly, it was it was one twenty one, twenty four as it was in Ennis three weeks ago. And I'll be honest in saying I thought Limerick would beat Clare well. Um, I thought they'd beat them by six or seven points. Um, I thought they'd cover the handicap anyway. But fair to Clare, they they laid down another marker. Um, even though they'd lost, it was another positive performance for Clare, and they ticked the markers that they're going the right direction. But for Limerick, it was a different kind of win. And when you look back at 2020 and 2021, there was uh, nine wins in a row in the championship. But Limerick never really looked troubled in any of those games. Maybe Galway in the semi-final in 20 and last year against Ibrahim in the first half. But outside of that, they've kind of sauntered through all the games because of how good they were. But the other day, they had to show all the battling qualities and, and that they had and they had it in spades. Yeah, Jack, but that, that wasn't entirely surprising. I had a very interesting statistic, like which I hadn't actually thought about um, in, in, in Turles on Sunday when we went for our cup of tea. Um, uh, Waterford, Cork, Tipperary and Limerick have each won the Munster Senior Hurling Championship at least four times since Clare last won it. So that will give you a sense of the desire and the hunger and the drought that's in Clare for a Munster senior hurling title. Now, I hadn't thought about it, but um, I checked it since. I was able to check it in my head, actually. Um, 
and it, it is absolutely correct. And, um, you know, it, it, it was all laid bare out there on the tallest pitch on Sunday, Jack. Um, like, God knows, Claire, they didn't give it 100%. They gave it 150%. They gave it all. And you, you, you just wonder, you know, how they're feeling this week. Um, I, I, I'm trying to visualize how they're feeling and where they are, what space they're in. You know, to have come so close and, um, uh, you know, to still fall short. And, um, like, we, we, were, we were talking in, in the press box at, at, um, at the end of, of um, regulation time, and, and we were sort of um, consensus emerged that, you know, it, it, this, this was going to be the extra time was going to be a test of the strength and conditioning uh, of both sides and, and the personnel responsible for that. And um, certainly, I suppose, you you would certainly have to say that in that regard, Limerick won out, and that's why they won the game, probably. And um, because there were, were signs. It, it, it's natural, it's normal, um, that when you go into extra time, that there's tired minds, there's tired bodies. Um, but I thought at stages, Jack, in the extra time, and you were there now as well, that I saw signs of player flagging at different stages. And um, for the most part, Jack, you know, Limerick seemed to be exerting a level of control in those final two periods of extra time to a degree that you couldn't say that they certainly did in the in the regulation 70 minutes. Yeah, Limerick's condition, I think, um, told in the end, I suppose, the subs they had you... A lot of our Clare's big boys were, were just were just flat at the end of the game. Like Tony Kelly was down, Peter Duggan went off. You know they'd given everything, but like for Limerick, we're seeing the likes of Connor Boyle. And I think this year has really been one to step up when needs be. Obviously, Graham Mulcahy has been a regular starter for the Bones of a decade now. He's coming in from the sideline. Dave Reedy was brilliant at the weekend, and that's ever before we see Keane Lynch or Peter Casey or with injury. So. It's the squad depth in the end, but also the condition of the players. William O'Donoghue popped up with Limerick's final score. He was everywhere over the course of the 100 minutes. Barry Nash was sprinting for a ball with about 95 gone. Like, so Limerick have not only strengthened depth, but they've strengthened their own personal reserves as well to keep going for that long. And I'd say if there was another period that they would have kept going as well. Yeah, well, look, Limerick's resilience, you know, is beyond question. We, we, we've seen that and they've proved that time again. And just by the way, when we're mentioning the subs, he came on with three minutes to go in extra time. I would love to have seen um, Oshin O'Reilly getting one run at that stage because, yeah. you know, the speed and the way he can get past defenders um, when, when, before they're all out once, even early in the game, I, I could just imagine how he would have got through at that stage with flagging defenders all over the place. But he didn't get the chance anyway, but at least he got onto the field to play in a Munster final, um, which I suppose, you know, in 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 terms of, of his performances, and I'm deviating slightly now, in terms of his performances in the county championship last year was nothing more than he deserved. And, mm. um, you, you know... Um, but he, he, it's, it's, it's indicative of the strength that... that, uh, that um, that, that Limerick have uh, on the bench. And as you rightly say, the, 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 the four lads that came in and the contribution that they made, like Mull didn't get a score. Graham didn't get a score. But by God, did he put in some shift? He was all over the place, walking and blocking and 
trying to create and everything. He, you know, he put, he put in a huge effort uh, when, when he came on. Didn't you, David Reedy and Conor Biden, you know, getting scores? Like, I, I actually walked up the sideline or, or towards the sideline from where Conor Biden got the point. Um, you know, under pressure um, after the game. And, and um, like, it was some effort. And, uh, in, 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 you know, um, you know, great moments like that, you know, and it was a crucial point, you know, fail to be extrapolated when you have a game of the quality that we had. Some of those great, great moments, like because I, I, I suppose the great moments would be, um, they'll be all overshadowed, I suppose, by the, the, the creation and the execution of the road Hegarty's goal. You had, you had Declan Hannon's point and you had, you had Tony Kelly's sideline. They would be the three main bullet points of the game. There were many, many other good achievements in it as well. Like David Fitzgerald of Clare, who, by the way, is turning into being a powerhouse midfielder and has yeah. been right through this, right through this campaign. Like he got a couple of excellent points as well. There were some excellent scores. Tom Morrissey got a couple of excellent scores that normally, uh, in normal circumstances, in a normal game, they'd be singled out to be lauded individually. But such was the quality, such was the intention, intensity, such was the excitement and um, in Torlis on Sunday that, you know, that, 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 there was an awful lot of great feats, you know, didn't get the sort of notice and attention that they, they normally would. Yeah, it's just, as you said, as you're talking through them, there are so many moments. James Fennigan had points from playing and was yeah. the final and it's... <laughs> It's kind of the half taken for granted. Um, yeah. On that point there on Seamus, I think a lot of people stood up um, when needs be that maybe not have been quite this year, but like we'll say Aaron Galan was the main scoring track coming to the game. He was well marshaled, whether he was being fouled the entire game or not is a different story. Um, I was in the terrace. I was looking at him in the first half and he was just being pulled and dragged. That's beside the point. Like Flanagan stood up when Galan wasn't scoring. Tom Morris, he chipped over three. He's getting to that groove again. Like Rod Hegarty got that goal, but that's all he scored, and he's been contributing huge scores recently. That there was players from all over the field scoring. Declan Hannon's point, um, Barry Nash set up a couple. Like when Dermot Burns's radar was a bit off, you know, you had people stepping in because Dermot nearly single-handedly himself and Aaron Glenn in the scoring stakes. Scott Limerick this monster final that other players stood up and were counted and just ferocious effort all over the field. Got O'Neill. Got two points in a Munster final starting centre forward, and he's he's only twenty this year maximum. He's probably still nineteen. You know, like it just brilliant performances all over the field, and a lot of unsung heroes kind of came to the fore. Nicky Quaid with, with a couple of saves, and Mike Casey again with that that block, and then you could see on him he did not want to come off. He had an unbelievable game for a fella that was out for two years, but it's just becoming the norm from this Limerick team that if that they all still step up when needs be, and no one has ever found one thing. No, 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 and and um, like we 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 knew it was in Seamus Flanagan, and um, you know, and but but to deliver it on 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 Monster Final Day in the cauldron that's Monster Final, in in front of you know close on fifty thousand people, um, it, it 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 was some achievement by 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 Seamus Flanagan. Like he he sort of had the Midas touch, um, uh, last last Sunday, but. Um, look, it's 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 nothing more than he deserves, Jack. Um, um, he, he's he's had a tough season. He had, 
he had the sending off and he had them um, he, he was dogged with injury and he, he missed the you know part of the early part of the championship and like it's ominous for those that are trying to strip Limerick of their crown that here we are going down the home straight of the championship and Limerick have Seamus Flanagan back at his best they have Aaron Gillan at his best Garod Hegarty and Tom Morrissey were never away and hmm. you know what about the master himself to come in, Keane Lynch and 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 and, and, and Peter Casey and you've you've Graham Mulcahy like this? Like I just wonder what other managers in other counties are doing, scratching their head. They'll have them scratched bald at this stage, um, you know, trying to find a formula to stop them. Um, because certainly overall, Jack, and whilst they, 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 you might say that they struggled for a period in the main part of the game in the main seventy minutes that Limerick appeared to be hitting the top spots at the right time. Now, they didn't hit it on Sunday, but um, yeah. they're, they're getting very, very close. And there's two games in Croke Park now in which, you know, um, I, I think that, you know, Limerick are certainly, certainly going in the right direction. Yeah, touch on that point there. I just put it up on our Instagram and our social media pages. There's a question in from Jamie Singleton. He just said, is there more to come this year from Limerick in terms of level of performance? And you kind of touched on it there, that there is more to come. There is more to come. There, there, there is more to come because, like, um, there, there, there were things in the first half um, uh, that, that um, I think John Kiley won't be too happy with. Um, like, Claire, you know, dominated um, the first 20 minutes. Um I thought the ground was slippery. I thought Clare adapted better to that. Um, I, I thought Limerick's touch at times wasn't as good as it normally is. Now, as the game progressed, that that improved. But, um, like, you know, when you get to Croke Park and when you get to an All-Ireland semi-final or get to an All-Ireland final, it's all about 70 minutes, Jack. It's not about mm-hmm. 50. It's not, it's not about 45. It's not about 65. It's about 70 minutes plus. And... I, I thought at stages in the second half, um, I, 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 I thought that, um, you know, our, our attacking strategy, I, I, I thought, went off the radar a small bit. And um, if, if, if you will recall that there was a period there when uh, Claire picked up a number of loose balls um, around the 40, 40 metres from their own goal and drove them miles down the field, you know, and put Claire back into the attack. That Limerick doesn't don't normally do that. No. But of course that will that will all be picked up and that will be all resolved um be, before um before before the um the the, the, the All Ireland semi final like and I suppose overall if you said that we we're going to get the level of performances that we got in the Munster Championship essentially without Keen Lynch and that you'd win the Munster Championship. Without Peter Casey, probably bite the hand of whoever is offered it to you. Yeah, I don't know who was going after that, but certainly that's what are doing. I suppose touched on that point as well. I think Peter Casey is it was the biggest miss on um Sunday. I think his awareness of space and where to be and where not to be then to allow others to flourish. I think Galan was a bit isolated inside there, and now Flanagan worked very well off the scraps because that's. There wasn't very much um, clean ball there winning. You know, it was kind of a dogged enough game as well. I think Peter Casey inside there is a third inside forward because 
to be fair to Kyle O'Neill and Kyle Hayes, they're brilliant hurlers. Like we know Kyle obviously for years and Kyle O'Neill is getting there, but they're not inside forwards naturally. And they're they're fairly specialized positions. Um uh, Peter Casey I think will make a huge difference if we see him back. Anything I've heard is positive. Um Key Lynch at eleven will obviously make things a lot smoother. Who drops out is a question for another day. But yeah, I think they don't they, still... don't don't they can test me that Jack. No, I won't. Well, we might closer to sign, but I think just they're starting to find their groove and that they've won. They've beaten everyone in Munster now without really hitting a top-level performance like maybe we saw in the All-Ireland final last year, the second half of the Munster final. You know, that that's still to come. And for Clare, you kind of alluded but to it a while ago. Before you go from that point, Jack, can I make the point that they've got to find a place to accommodate um, Kyle, Kyle Hayes uh, to allow him to make the level of impact that he's made for the last couple of years. Yeah, I'd look, I'd like but to see it, Kyle it, at wing back. But... I I I think you know I'm not so sure what he's shown. He's com- he's as comfortable as he should be up front. Yeah, I don't know about comfort. It just he's better driving from deep, and he did drive from deep at one stage in the second half. He just managed to pick up a ball around halfway, and I think it was a foul all day in Rod Hegarty. But anyways, it's, again beside the point. But if you're moving Kyle back to wing back, then it's Dan Morris here or Mike Casey. Like, how do you not start well, either one of those? Is is it's just Dan, Dan Murphy didn't give, give management any reason to drop him last Sunday anymore. Neither did Mike I, Casey. I, I, Again, I, just, I thought I Dan was absolutely rock solid, you know. That fullback line like has been chopped and changed so much since 18. Like you the original trio was <laughs> Case, English, and Finn, and then you lost the two boys, so then you had Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash come in, and obviously um, Mike Casey has come back in, so it's himself in and Nash, and you've Rich English on the bench and Morrissey out of wing back. Like it, it kind of seems whatever John Kiley touches turns to goal, and those players are delivering in spades. I thought, I know Shannon Flanagan scored eight points, and Tony Kelly got thirteen, and Declan Hannon was immense throw, but I thought Barry Barry Nash was head and shoulders above everyone. Even like it was mostly his attacking play that singled him out over the last two years. His defensive play this year has been incredible. He's just like a kind of a, a clone of Sean Finn, but he offers so much going forward. And he's just such a luxury player to have at cornerback. And I think he's on form the harder of the year, but more than likely he's not going to get it because he's a cornerback. But I'm sure everyone in that in that team and management realizes how I suppose important he is to the team at the moment. Yeah, and uh, you know when you're talking there about the Limerick full back line, you you're talking about a full back line that has withstood three cruciates: <laughs> Sean Finn, Sean Finn, Mike Casey, and Richie English. And like cruciates, you're you're you're, you're talking about long term. You're talking about basically twelve months. Like so, it was a phenomenal achievement on the part of John Kylie that he seamlessly moved players around to compensate mm-hmm. for those that were missing. Absolutely, and like there, 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 there's a bounty of riches uh, available to John when it comes to selecting the three for the full back line. And certainly, I, I agree with you about Barry Nash. And I, I, I thought, and I mentioned this in previous casts about Barry Nash, um, uh, Jack, that that I during the course of the um, the um, Monster Senior Hurling Cup, during which he was handed the captain's armband. I think he was handed it for a reason, Jack, yeah. and a good reason. 
that the guy, apart from his hurling, has leadership qualities. And when you talk about leaders around the field, mark down Barry, Barry Nash. Yeah, I think um, I said before the year that I would have liked to have seen him further out the field. Um, mm. I definitely don't think I'd like to see him anywhere than cornerback at the moment because he just offers mm. so much. And I think then we've become so numb to Sean Finn's excellence that like anything he does kind of goes unnoticed and it's actually when you're watching the game back how he just he had Tony Kelly for a while and, and did well on him and he had Peter Duggan for a while and withstood all that that you can throw really kind of anything at Sean Finn and he'll repel it and you just you're just used to it now that that's the kind of player he is you just expect the best from him and anything is kind of noticeable and he, he never fails to show up and I think you could talk about any of the players though, for an entire day or hour, like whatever you want, they were just all exceptional. But for Claire, Matt, like they gave it their all. They left nothing out there. You could see it in the players at the end of the game. It's going to work in one or two ways. It'll rejuvenate them in a sense that they'll know that they're capable of living with the best or else it can be a case of we gave it our all and we still came up short and Limerick have mm. these players to come back. Like, how do you see them rebounding? Now, they will. They're more than likely going to yeah, have Wexford. That, I think we can assume they're going to, to have Wexford. It's, a fear, I would have, it's a fear I would have, Jack, for Clare. It's hmm. a fear that, that, that there may be a fallout, an adverse fallout um, from the defeat and the manner of the defeat. And, like, because, yeah. you know, it's one thing that cannot be accused, um, Clare cannot be accused of or any player for that matter in Clare, every last Clare player that started and came on the field during the course of the game gave it their last ounce. They left the last ounce out there in Turles on Sunday. You know, yeah. and they'll be beginning to scratch their heads and say to themselves, you know, um, uh, like, gosh, uh, we put in such an effort and it still came up short and and the like of Limerick have have um, have Peter Casey and the and Keen Lynch and the like of those to come back, and but but you see, Claire Claire cannot be thinking Jack, they cannot be thinking about Limerick. Hmm. You know, Brian Lawan has to go away this week. They have got to park Limerick, because if they dwell any further in Limerick, you know. They're, 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 they're in a real banana skin against Wexford. They're in a banana skin against Wexford anyway. Mm. And like this week and next week, Claire's sole focus should be on, 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 on Wexford and to see if they can get back on the horse. And uh, because wallowing in, in, in the defeat to Limerick and the manner of the defeat to Limerick is going to get them over. Oh, definitely. You know, it, 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 it will go one of two ways, realistically that they'll be fired up for Wexford or they'll just be drained from that game. And as you said, they need to just move on from it and take the positives and, and learn from it. And I suppose the learning is you go back and you try it again and hope Limerick are maybe a few notches below the level because Clare did give it their all in fairness. And you'd have to have them a second in the rankings now for the All-Ireland. Um, they'll more than likely avoid Limerick. That's the draw. And that's one thing to come from the weekend as well. For Kilkenny, who I think will be in the All-Ireland final with Limerick, um, that they've also avoided Limerick now with winning Leinster. Mm. Coming away from the Limerick game for a minute, uh, like that Leinster final, 
it's chalk and cheese when you compare Leinster to Munster, but still you'd be worried a bit about Kilkenny and Galway that they could produce in the day. But given if they play like they did on Saturday, it'll be an all Munster final, whatever way it pans out. It will be an all Munster final, but there certainly is more in Galway. Yeah. I'm not so sure if there's more in Kilkenny. And, and Kilkenny implied that the same strategy in Croke Park last Saturday evening as they had implied in the under-20 final. They had grounded out, dug it out, frustrated, and, and, and you know, it was very, very, very similar in, 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 in many ways. But I, I, I think there's some... I, I honestly think, Jack, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I thought the whole Kilkenny-Galway-Leinster final was overshadowed by the Cody Shefflin charade. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, I and here we have two adult men, and look, they, they, they should just stand up now at, at this stage. And, you know, when, when you'd be attributing blame and culpability, I suppose you, you, could, you could distribute it and, you know, um, allocate it in equal blame to both. But it, it's something. And I'm just wondering, you know, did it have more of an impact on Galway? If it yeah. had an impact on I think Kenny are kind of a, a team that are going in, going into a final, Jack. You know, you you you've got to ensure that everything that the coast is clear and totally divide of any whisper of negativity whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm just wondering because I, there were Galway players, and you know, part of it is down, of course, to to, to the performance of the Kilkenny players. But um, there were a number of Galway players that just 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 didn't show up, Jack. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the handshake would have affected the players as such. To be fair to Galway, they have been guilty of of not showing up in, in recent games. They obviously have the players like they pushed Limerick all the way in twenty twenty and. Obviously, in 18, they were coming in as champions and Limerick beat them. I don't think the handshake would have had an effect on them. I think just they've just been guilty sometimes and not showing up. And some teams are like that. If they hit the ground running, they're as good as any team. But I think the handshake... Like, from... If the handshake is, is, is dominating the narrative, which it did for the most part, like it, it, it is very, very hard to seclude players totally from that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like they're, I don't think they really cared. I don't think the Galway lads will care much about what Henry Shefflin's relationship with Brian Cody is. I don't think Shefflin, he seemed like a, a real professional to me. I don't think he would have changed his approach to try and beat Kilkenny more than he would try to beat any other team. Um, I think even as a Kilkenny man, I think he'd want to beat Kilkenny as much as any other team. I just think the coverage of it on television, like I was watching at home, obviously, that... Kilkenny had just won a Leinster final in a three in a row and the cameras just stayed on Cody and they stayed on Shefflin. There was no, there was very little of the players that had just spent 70 minutes on the field winning the game. That wasn't a great game by any means, but yeah, I don't think the narrative it, between them has been helped by people outside that are just focused so much on it, like focusing the hurling. I, I, I saw some people try to say that John Kylie didn't shake Brian Lohan's hand and I've I've heard from people down there that John Kylie sought him out I think before an interview or something. Because you people ran onto the field straight away and he you know it's very hard 
to find people out there, you know, but they definitely shook hands and were chatting and everything. But people are trying to start new narratives and things. And just folks in the hurling would be would be my thing. Like go on. I, I, I'm guilty for introducing it, and you're equally culpable as me for carrying it on. We have spent more time talking about Cody and and um and um Shefflin than we have sp- uh, spoken about hurling of Kilkenny and Galway. And we yeah. have we haven't we haven't mentioned a player from either side. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, like there was one player that definitely stood up, and it's TJ Reid, and he's kind of an ace in the Kilkenny pack. That you know, when he's on it, like he's very, very hard to stop. We saw how good he was in nineteen, and it wasn't it wasn't a single handed man job like that. He didn't win Kilkenny the game as such on his own, but he was definitely a huge contributing factor. And he seemed to get off the boil, and you're kind of hoping that. You know, age catches up with everyone, but he showed again why he's he's a player for the ages. He's you know he's he's Tony Kelly before Tony Kelly was himself. You know, like he's he does it all, and he, he pretty much won the game by himself. You know, talk if you're taking a player out, you're taking out TJ Reid. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He he he, he, was, he was absolutely outstanding. Does does doesn't any doubt about that? And um, you know, he he he's. He's such a steadying influence out on the pitch. You know, the personification of leadership on the field um, is, is, is T.J. Reid. And, of course, his scoring prowess is beyond question. And and um, you're right, he was hugely influential in winning the game, Jack. No no question at all about it. And But, you know, and when you when you look at Galway, even though I, I thought Dahi Bork had a fantastic game for Galway again. Yeah. Um, that that um, you know you 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 hadn't an influencer um, to that level. I I I, t- I taught the Galway forwards. Um, I, I I don't know, and um, I, I I think um, uh, Kilkenny curtailed the threat that was Conor Whelan, which manifested itself very early on. But um, they, they 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 probably contained the. The, the threat of Connor Whelan too easily for me, but I thought that the, the forward unit uh, as a uh, as a unit for Galway, I, I just didn't think they 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 stepped up to the mark on the day, and I think there's quite a lot more in them. In when when you're looking at the likes of Brian Con Cannon, Cahill Manning, um, Connor Coon, even you know I I think there's so much more in them. Connor Whelan that um like like um. Wexford to Clare, Galway a threat to Cork if Cork get over Antrim. Yeah, well, I think I think it's fair to say that we'll probably have Clare versus Wexford and and Galway versus Cork. And to be honest, I would be I'd be siding with Cork on that game. I just think they're going to get a, a bit of head of steam, and that would give them Limerick if Clare win their game against Wexford. But we'll mm. talk about that more. Next week, um, I think I just saying it now. I think we're gonna have a case in that Ireland final where it's going to be another handshake between the the master and the apprentice, Cody and Kylie, and I'm sure they have huge respect for each other. But fantastic game, Matt. Um, definitely one for the ages. Is it the best monster final you've seen? It is, Jack. It is. It yeah. is. I think. I think even the the rain and, and everything then... added to it, you know that. Obviously, we had such good weather coming into the game. I think it just added another element that even though players were slipping and balls dropping short and there was miscontrol, it just added to the tension, I suppose, in Turles. And 
It did, and among among the crowd, and even talking to people going in along, um, there was there was an underlying sense of celebration that here we are again, post pandemic yeah. with a full house. I think mm. that that was very very important, and you, you know something, it it fed into the game now. No, in 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 fairness, I I, I can't when Claire um, derived an awful lot of inspiration from their supporters. Who I yeah. thought on the day were more vocal than Limerick. Yeah, you like know? I was, I was in the town in Terrace. So, like before the game, or even I was maybe it was after the first Clare score. I'd say it was even before the game. I was saying to the lads that I actually thought there was a bigger Clare contingent there. They sounded louder. Obviously, when when you're in the, the town end, you can't hear what your own people are doing really, but they did add to it. In fairness to them, um, just as you said, as Britain atmosphere as Britain get back. Having that was a two-decanated green smoke bomb. No, I had no smoke bombs. I could smell them all right. They're very strong. But um, no, it wasn't me. Um, I don't know, did we have any blue or yellow ones? But um, no. It was at the other side, actually. I didn't I, I didn't see that. No, I was paying attention to on-field matters. But no, I had no, um, I had no green flares, I have to think. Mike Neville and Paul Shannon, neighbours of mine, they had, a, they had a lovely spot in the terrace ready for us when we... When we got in into the stadium, it was just a brilliant day out. Now getting home was arduous to say the least. Um, we were parking the Greyhound and we were waiting inside for ages. But look, that's part and parcel of the day. But as you said, it was brilliant to get back to to Turles, to get back with a, a load of fans there. We're going to have a game in Crow Park on July third. Um, you're going to have to Kenny the night before. If you were to call it now, what will be the semi final pairings? I I. I... I have grave doubts about Clare and and Cork in their respective quarterfinals. So you're heading for Wexford and Galway. I, I would I, I wouldn't dare call it call it at the moment. Come back to me on it. I call it Kilkenny Clare Limerick Cork Limerick Kilkenny final. That's what I'm calling. But we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't you, know, you mentioned but... there, Derek, you you mentioned there um, about the the the, the, the um, you were part in the Greyhound. Um, was it in the Greyhound Stadium you were? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it has to be said, Jack, that those responsible for the the, the logistics last Sunday, um, you know, there's huge credit due to them. The amount of car parking that was available, uh, huge credit due to the guardie as well for mm. the manner in which they conducted it because there was huge traffic and we coming out now and we were we were a bit late in that we had to go across to do the interviews with John Kiley and Dan Morrissey and, and that. And um, um, But the way that, that they organised the two lines, because essentially Claire and Limerick were going in the one direction. Yeah, that was the I, thing. In, in, in terms of preparing it for the Gardaí and for, and, and for um, those that organised the... the, um, the, the, the um, Car parks and what have you, you know, it 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 was it was a nice a nightmare pairing. Tisn't what I'd say that the car parks did very very well, thank you. But yeah. but nevertheless, um, nevertheless, you 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 have to give full credit to those that were responsible for that uh, for the logistics because, like, when you compare it with Parky Creeve, you know, Parky Parky Creeve is, I suppose, uh, as a stadium, it's second to none. You know, it's up there with Croke Park. But there is a parking issue, and on yeah. days like that, on days like that, and you see, 
it hasn't been exposed the, the parking issue that's there because of the lockdown for the last two years. You know, yeah. but but when there will be a monster final in Cork, and like in, in fairness, um, they deserve to have a monster final down there. You know, they they they. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare with parking. Now, I, I know the last time in which there was a serious crowd there pre-pandemic that they used the park and ride system. Yeah. You know? Which, I don't know. I is, think more, more fans. Enough, but, like, there was such a movement of fans last, last Sunday and uh, all essentially coming from the one direction. I I thought it was, it was very, 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 very well handled, I think, Jack. Yeah, I would just say more trains. We a lot of us been looking for train tickets and we couldn't get them. They were sold out. So, yeah, they did well. But I would, I, I doubled down on my, on my more trains. Statement. Are you, are you, are you the spokesman for Eamon Ryan? <laughs> no, I just want more trains. That's all I want. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully, there'll be train going to Dublin anyway on the, the third of July. Um, I suppose moving on from Sunday and into Monday morning, um, we had the draw for the football. For the qualifiers, Limerick are one game away from an all-in quarter-final, which will only be the second time they got get there. If they do draw them with Cork, um, and Cork have home advantage, that's just the home and away um, agreement the teams have in, have in place. People saying it's unfair, it's just the nature of the draw. The Limerick are away again, they have home and away agreements, and you know they have to suck to Limerick will have home games coming through. But Cork, in a way, was probably the one of the best, one of the better draws. You'd say Clare and Cork would have been your best draws, and then you're looking at Mayo and Armaz. Very difficult, you know. So it's one. It's definitely winnable for Limerick. It, again, it'll just be how does Billy Lee and the lads respond from the Kerry game, you know? That yeah, you got a nice trip and trimming below in, in Killarney. Can you recover now? And I think. Cork would have been a game that Limerick would love to have played in the Munster Championship, you know, to, to test themselves against and see are they the actually the second best team in Munster. But now that it's a knockout game, it just takes on so much more significance. It's very hard to call. Very, very hard to call, Jack. And I'll just, um, I, before I refer to the match, I, I, I will just take up the, the, the venue issue and, um, you, you, you'll probably say there, there is O'Callaghan going off on a rant again about venues. Um, but I, I'd like to know when Cork and Limerick last met in the qualifiers, the game was played in Turles, neutral venue. I thought that the home and away, that was in 2016, Jack, Cork won by 212 to 10 points. Uh, I, I, I thought the home and away applied to provincial championship only. Now, it might have been superseded by a new agreement. Um, yeah, but, you know, all other quarterfinals are at neutral venues, but we'll go away from that. Yeah. Um, there, 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 there's a lot of commonality between um, Limerick and, and Cork season. But if, if, if you were analysing both sides from this remove, Jack, you would say that Limerick have had a better season. Oh yeah. Not yeah. notwithstanding notwithstanding the, the, the Kerry result. And and I'll come to that in a minute. And and, and I'll say why I, I'll explain as to why I, I, I say that. Um like Limerick had um they had an excellent league campaign by any benchmark. Um you know, and to win a second promotion, 
in in three years to be gone from division four to division two in, in three years is 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 simply phenomenal and to, to lose the uh, the last final in Croke Park the division four final and one one feared secretly feared that maybe maybe it had come off the rails a bit because you were facing two daunting tasks to get to a monster final clear and innocent temporary internalists and we saw how Limerick recovered from this. Now, if you contrast that with, 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 with Cork, like Cork were depending on beating Offaly on the last day of the league campaign to avoid passing Limerick day on the way down and Limerick on the way up. Yeah. You know, so um, Park had stopped there. And then we move on to Kerry. Kerry come into the picture. Kerry had huge wins over both. Over Cork in Parky Cleave. Now, sorry, in Parky Rin. And we had this whole controversy about the venue. Would it be in Fitzgerald Stadium? And um, it was in Parky Rin or nowhere and all that sort of stuff. And um, uh, it eventually resolved, played in Parky Rin. It didn't matter where it was played, it's safe to stay in the moon. I suppose we would probably have the same result. Yeah. Now Limerick Limerick suffered a similar fate in 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 the Munster final, which was which was very, very, very disappointing. But we're we're talking about an exceptionally good carry team, Jack. Yeah. An exceptionally That's good so. carry team. So it's 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 it, 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 you know but I, I, I think a couple of cards in the meantime have fallen in favour of Cork. And I'll tell you what they are. Number one is they have home venue. And number two, I think they have got, they have the benefit and the advantage of having a game since the drubbing by Kerry. They beat Loud last, Sunday, last Saturday in what by all accounts, Jack, was a very, very, very poor game. But it yeah. was a game. And it was very, very important, you know, that they rid themselves of the ghosts of the carry defeat. Like, so Limerick, to a certain degree, are coming into the qualifiers cold. And like, when you come to this stage of the competition, and we've seen with qualifiers in the back door over the years, there is no substitute for games. And at this time of the year, as managers would tell you, it's virtually impossible to get challenge games. Yeah. So I, I, I think the scales have been tipped in favour of Cork. But having said that, that is to totally discount the resilience that Limerick have shown over the last couple of years. And I'm at pains to point this out. Yeah. Like Limerick had to go to Sligo um, to win um, promotion in 2000. A Sligo where they had a horrendous record. They did it. They had to go to Ockram in two, two, 2021. Um, to, to, and beat Wicklow to avoid being in a relegation semi-final. And they did it and propelled themselves into a league semi-final. They had to beat, they had to beat Leash and um, Fermanagh in the final two games of, of the 2022 league and they did it. They had to go to Innes, you know, turn the tables in, 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 in Clare and do it an extra time. They did it. Went to Torlis. Tipperary are still smarting um, from Limerick's surprise win in Torlis in 20, 2020, was it? 
2019. Yeah, 2019. And they did it. You know, all right, they failed against Kerry. But this is a, a Limerick team that, you know, have won a McGrath Cup, have um, a, won two promotions in three years, have won two championship matches in one year for the first time in Youngs. Mm. This is a Limerick team. This is a Limerick team with resilience, and a Limerick team that deserves to be respected. And I do not discount for one minute that Billy Lee um, will be able to reinvigorate his charges. And uh, I have no doubt, since the morning after the Kerry game, that Billy Lee will have Kerry parked, and he will be yeah. focusing on and on what is coming up now. The, 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 the only difficulty he had. Of course, is that he didn't know who he was facing until last Monday morning. But you're right, Jack, in your analysis that when the, prior to the draw, like with 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 the four names that were in the hat, you you would be hoping, and this is no dis disrespect to those companies, you'd be hoping for Cork or Clare if you're to harbour a realistic chance of reaching the All Ireland quarterfinal for the second time. So. I'm not discounting it. I'm saying some of, a lot of the trumps are in Cork's hands, but I'm not discounting it. Yeah, they've, they've shown great bounce back ability, um, as you mentioned there, in all those games. And just be interesting to see. And Cork will give a really good gauge of where Limerick are because obviously Cork were a powerhouse for so long that they've kind of regressed a nice bit and Limerick have come up to their level. Like, I don't know, when was the last time Cork and Limerick were in the same division? That'll be the case. Next year, I just give a good indication of where Limerick are. Like Cork beat Louds, who beat Limerick not so long ago in the league final, and also there is pedigree there. I think it'll depend a lot on how Limerick responds from the carry defeat if they can hit the ground running, like they did against Tipperary and Clare. I think they'll have they'll have enough. Like it's not too long ago that Cork gave Limerick a nice trimming below in Parky Rin and stadiums again. I just think Parky Rin is so more suited to the game. Like this, where you're probably going to have between five and ten thousand in Parky Cueve, it might feel a bit soulless. Whereas Parky Rin, that's just my take on on the the stadium. I'm not too bothered about the home and away agreements. I don't know why that happened, as you said there, about the Turles one. But um, I'll get your prediction on that game in a minute. But there's obviously other qualifiers on this weekend. Um, we call them last week. I think I had them all right. Um, from what I can remember, I think I think I backed Arma. Arma you I, did, you I, did, you did, and I was, I, I was dreading you coming in today that you'd be gloating, Jack. Yeah, I, well, I was just, I was gloating for Limerick. I had kind of copped it there that I, I think I called all of them. I'm very sure I said Armagh, Clare, uh, Cork, and Mayo. I think I might, I might have said Monaghan, though. I don't know, but anyways, no, you, did, Ar you, did, you did, you did say Monaghan actually. Yeah, uh, three from four in the worst. We'll have our predictions coming back anyway. The club championship comes soon and. Just want to run about the football. The club championship is due to start the last weekend in July. That's the second and third, the weekend of the All Ireland semi final. Now, Limerick's result this weekend could affect that. Limerick being in the All Ireland Hurling semi final could affect that as well. So, but we will have the predictions back when that comes back. Donegal Armagh, it doesn't get much easier for Kieran or Kieran McGinney in his side. Um, I tipped Armagh last week. I'm kind of going to tip for Donegal this week though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm on the I same page. Play, 
I think they play a terrible brand of football, no disrespect them or anything. They have some serious operators in the forwards, and they're just so slow in their build up that if they can add some intent to their game, I think they're a match for any team. And the defenders then to upset our man. Obviously, they beat our man in the championship already. They'll get another win over him. You're thinking the same. Yeah, I think they will. I, I'm, I'm going for Donegal on that. And um, I had the same thoughts as you when I saw the draw. I said, you know, Ian McGinney, um, you know, how how he was feeling after knocking out the All-Ireland champions. And he, here he's handed him another monster of a task in, in, yeah. in Donegal. And like the cat is out of the bag as well as Donegal are concerned. And it's going to be neutral venue now. And, um, you know, it... it, it um, I I I I start to favour Donegal in this one, Jack. Yeah, um, I suppose for Armad they knew that, that was a possibility, and if for any teams to get through this weekend, you know, you have you either Galway, Kerry, Dublin, or Derry. Like it's just going to get worse, really, in terms of the the difficulty of, of the task at hand. Um, Clare versus Ross Common in Crow Park. Yeah, I'm going for Ross Common, Jack. Yeah, I would. I think Ross Common. We'll have too much for Clare. I don't think there'll be much in it. It was close enough in the league, if I recall, but Roscommon were that bit better. They're a Division 1 side. They're kind of up and down. They're a bit like the West Brom of football, but I think the wide open spaces of Crow Park will suit a team like Roscommon, who I'd actually fancied to beat Galway already this year. So um, Yeah, I I didn't. I fancied Galway in the kind of final Um but um, that that is not to detract from Roscommon, and I honestly think that Roscommon will be in the last days. Yeah, and then Mayo versus Kildare is the other part that double header. Um, well, the last the time they met, the last time they met in the qualifiers, there was a huge charade about it, Newbridge or nowhere. You recall it, you know, Jack. Yeah. Um, but it's in Croke Park this. Uh, it's in Croke Park this time, and nowhere else. Um, I'm going for Mayo on it, Jack. Yeah, I think Mayo will have too much from Kildare of dangerous forwards, but Mayo have always been good at one-on-one defending. Now, they did seem a bit open at times against Monaghan, but you'll be thinking after getting to two All-Ireland finals in a row that they'll have just too much for Kildare. Again, on venues, I know we're talking a lot about today, but is there any value in having those games on a crop arc as a double header? Like, you might get Max ten thousand from any given county, that would be forty thousand. That's half full, like that's fairly empty for Crop Park. Yeah, I would have thought that um that um Claire and Russ Common should have been nailed on for Pierce Stadium in Galway. Yeah. Um likewise I thought Kildare and Mayo, um possibly Briffney Park or Cusick Park in Mullingar. You know, yeah. I, I would, or even Tullamore. Yeah, I just don't think it benefits. And like everyone wants to play in Crop Park, and when Limerick won the league final there, it was brilliant. But I don't think it's that beneficial for a, a qualifier, you know, because I'm fairly sure all the quarterfinals will be there anyway, you know. So if you if you get the quarterfinal, you have earned that, that opportunity to play in Crop Park. I just think it might be a bit soulless inside there, um, half if it even gets half full. And I think the same. Maybe for Parky Creek, but again, two fantastic stadiums. You, you couldn't fault either in that regard. Um, and then obviously Cork versus Limerick. I, I'm reluctantly saying Cork, hoping I'm wrong, and hoping that Limerick will come up with a special performance that will overturn them. Yeah, I think I think Limerick. I I just about pip Limerick because um, it 
it's quite quiet at the moment. There isn't much of a, I suppose, a buzz around it. I think that's probably more out to the hurling than anything. But I don't think that'll bother the footballers at all. I think they're pretty happy to get the job done kind of behind closed doors. They would have definitely been looking to play Cork at some stage. Probably not with the manner of coming in after heavy defeat and Cork after beating Loud. But I think it'll give them a really good gauge of where they are. And I would be confident that they can get the job done. Now, if Cork win, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I'd slightly go slightly go for Limerick. Um, the only one we're, we're disagreeing with there. And I'm sure you'd be happy to be wrong on that occasion, as you said. You know, I, I would be, there'd be no one happier to be yeah. to be wrong, you know, I know people are going to be saying it for, to me for the week. Now you tip Cork and all this sort of thing. Um, yes, I did. Um, you asked me to make a judgment call on it, and that's the call I make. Um, yeah. You know that. Um, uh, you, you know, but uh, I'm tipping Cork with a whole load of caveats, Jack. Yeah, I think the game is full of caveats. It's Sunday, Parkweave at half one. For for anyone wondering. Um, Tickets are online on, on Ticketmaster. We also have the return of the ladies' football. Well, for Limerick in the championship, championship has already kicked off, but Limerick are back in championship ac- action this Sunday in Bruff. Um, or sorry, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, Sunday in Bruff. I'm getting confused now. Sunday um, in Bruff. Yeah, and against Antrim, um, first round of the championship, they'll have a twelve day or a twelve day or ten day wait then until they play in New York on a Wednesday evening, but. It was a positive league that was, I suppose, clouded with the result in the final where, you know, it was just disappointing that they'd won all their group stage games. But they've had ample time now to reflect on that, learn the lessons from Offaly. And, you know, Graham China has done a wonderful job with this team and the players at their disposal that they should really be looking at this championship as one they can win like they did in 2018. They can because, um, certainly can, Jack, because... For one, one, one particular reason, anyway, is that and now this might be you know, um, but the only county to lay a glove on them in the league was Offaly, and Offaly are playing at intermediate level. Yeah, you know, so we we, we must, but just but, but just to give the the listeners and the viewers a sense of where we are at in this 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 championship, there are seven counties. There are some, it's wrong to say there are seven counties. There are seven teams make up the All Ireland Junior Championship, and they're divided into two groups of two groups: one of four, one of three. Limerick are in the group of three, along with um, Antrim and New York. And uh, the randomness of the draw, and seeing that we've become a bit obsessed with venues. Um, uh, you know, fell in Limerick's favour in this um, in this uh, on this occasion in that um, uh, Limerick got a home draw against Antrim in the opening round, and um, uh, by default or otherwise they have a home game against New York because the logistics of it are is that New York will come over here for a week, play the two games, and see where it takes them. And um, uh, the other group then is made up of Britain, Leitrim, Fermanagh, and Derry. So that that makes that that that's the configuration of, of of the two groups. Like Limerick had a very very good league campaign, Jack, and um, uh, you know whilst I said that they lost Waffley in the final, 
they beat awfully in the group stages. And at, at the outset of the competition, like um, they, 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 the talk was that it, it, it was going to be between Leitrim, Fermanagh and Offaly as to who would emerge as league champions. And lo and behold, the team that would play in, division, in the intermediate championship, Offaly, they, they, they emerged. But then right saw the challenge of Fermanagh and, um, uh, and Offaly saw off the challenge of Leitrim. So... Um, it's it's it, it, it's going to be a tricky start now because um, Antrim will be coming here on a high because they're just after them recently they're after beating Fermanagh by a single point in the Ulster final so they will be cock of the hoop coming down here they're they're coming here on the back of a win now they didn't root up any trees in in the in the, the in, in in the actual league campaign in that the they beat Derry, um, they, they lost to Fermanagh and they drew with Leitrim. And it wasn't enough to come out um, um, to contest the, the semi-finals. But like they, they've, they've had plenty of time to regroup and and um, prepare themselves. And I think um, um, Graham Shine will be taking absolutely nothing for granted and will be reading, absolutely won't be reading anything whatsoever in, into league form in, uh, ahead of the game in Brough on Sunday. Um, it's 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 going to be a tough opener for both or for um, for for Limerick, um, but as we discussed earlier on, Jack, um, a number of players from the 2018 All Ireland final, who for various reasons weren't available um, for the last two years or last three years, um, like are all back on board or most of them are back on board, and it 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 um, it. It's a huge boost to Limerick, like to, to have the like of Catty Me coming back, Neve Ryan is back, Rebecca Delee is back. There's a host of them back. Um, Maria Cavanagh, Katrina Davis, all serious players. And um, it, it was their input along with um, a couple of newcomers um, that took Limerick to the threshold of, of winning Division 4 and um, and promotion to Division 3 for next year. And it, 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 it has been a bone of contention with Graham Shine, and of course, he said it to us on a number of occasions, Jack, I know he said it to me on a couple of occasions when I was speaking with him and probably said it to you as well, that, you know, he can't understand in the other leagues why two teams are promoted and ladies football, there's only one. Yeah. Because um, he, 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 he was anxious from what he had seen during the league campaign and in the league, lead up to the league final, he was, he was very anxious to benchmark his charges at the higher level, which is which is fair enough, you know, and mm, in, in, in the league for next year. But it is what it is. Um, it's going to be a tough opener. And before you ask me, I think I think Limerick will, will, will just about win it. Um, the, 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 the home advantage will be big. Sarah Sullivan was another one of the 2018 teams that came back and came back uh, and has been very effective since her return. So I, I, I'm going for Limerick to win, but... Um, uh, there'll be very, very little in it. Um, Antrim, when it comes to the championship, have proved over the last couple of years, Jack, to be very, very tough customers. They beat us comfortably last year in in the group phase of the competition. We beat them the previous year um, ourselves by five points. So you, you can see this whole thing is very, very volatile with, um, from year to year. But it, it, it would look to me like that, um, that the cards are probably falling on Limerick's side this time with with the return of so many important players. 
yeah, it does um, seem to be edged in Limerick's favour. I'd agree with you there that I think Limerick will kick off their campaign um, with the win ahead of the game with New York. I don't know if it's if it's looked at Limerick um, have New York at home. I'm sure I'm sure the players would love to have gone over to the Big Apple for a game, but um, I'm sure they're fully they, focused. They, they, probably, they probably would, Jack, but... Um, um, and logistically, it's a nightmare. You know, trying to have to travel. New York haven't been in the competition since 2014. Hmm. Um, but they, they they proved when they were in the competition previously that they weren't there making up numbers. And they, 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 they I think they reached three finals. Yeah. But anyways, it's Antrim. It's Antrim uh, at this Sunday. And they'll, Graham Shineside will be looking just to hit the ground running. And we both agree that we think that'll happen. Two o'clock in Brough on Sunday is throwing there. Um, the Camogie team are back in action. They had a week off. Um, just the senior side are, are back in action. They have Offaly on Saturday. And we kind of had penciled this game from the outset that this would be really, really where the championship would start for, for the Camogie team. Obviously, defeats to, to Galway and Kilkenny. But Offaly present a, a very different challenge. It's one that you'd definitely be fancying Limerick for. Um, John Little's aside showed some green shoots against Galway, against Kenny was a bit more disappointing, but awfully were beaten by by Antrim, who again are one of the weaker sides in the group. Um, and you'd be expecting Limerick to get the win on Saturday evening. You'd be hoping so, Jack. And um, like it must have really sent alarm bells ringing in in Offaly. not just the defeat to Antrim, but the manner and the defeat and. I should yeah. say now that in the two rounds to date, um, Limerick have played both games away from home, and um, whilst whilst Offaly have uh, have played both games at home, so it'll be the first time that that Offaly will get to see a bit of the country. Now we cannot forget, of course, Jack, that um, Offaly and Limerick in this year's league didn't win a game between them. Yeah. Offaly finished bottom of the pile. Four games, four defeats. Limerick finished bottom of their pile. Three games, three defeats. They met in the relegation final in in Moneygall. Three goals by Mary Tehan, the former Tipperary player, was was decisive as as um, Offaly won by three eleven to one fourteen. So that was fifteen scores to fourteen. That'll give you an idea, Jack, that there was very very little between them. In the championship to date, Limerick had those defeats, as you rightly flagged. Um, by Galway, the All-Ireland champions, and by their predecessors, Kilkenny. Um, and probably the most encouraging performance of the two was probably against Galway. You would have to say in the opening round that the performance against Kilkenny didn't match up to that and was, was a bit disappointing. But um, Offaly, on the other hand, they lost heavily to Antrim at home, you know, which was which should have sent alarm bells ringing, 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 and ringing loud. But they put up a very creditable performance in, in the second round last weekend, Jack, uh, the last time out against Galway. They pressed them. They were beaten by nine points in the finish, but they, 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 they pressed them hard enough now. Um, Susan Amner, who is the manager of Offaly, of course, is a former Galway player, um, and um, would, would probably have known how to, ta- how to tackle Galway, how to take them on. But it's a huge game, and you're right. We were being brutally frank here when when the draw was being made, and that in that we were anticipating that there was little or nothing. You know, we were anticipating in fact check that there was nothing to be got in terms of championship points 
from the games with uh, um, with Galway and Kilkenny. But the real business starts here now, Jack. And and I'll tell you, talk about putting all your eggs into one basket. Like it's it's it, it, it's a huge game for both sides because yeah. that, 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 uh, it's a huge game because you know that, that, that the ramifications of it, uh, Jack, are quite simple, and the permutations of it are quite simple. Win, and you know you're in the hunt for a quarter final place. Quite simply, with two games to go, and the, those two games for Limerick are at home to Down and away to Antrim. And by the way, Down and Antrim drew in the second round, and um, uh, would would lose, Jack, lose, and you're into a full-blooded relegation struggle. So. Um, that, 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 I'm not just heightening the importance of the game. It is that important. Yeah. That Limerick oh, Now, Limerick haven't won a competitive game this year. Well, neither have mm. Offaly, apart from the relegation player. But I'm going yeah. for Limerick to do it at home. And I think that, 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 that there have been encouraging signs. Like, um, like, Limerick did exceptionally well in the third round of the league against Clare. And they followed it up with a very, very good performance against Offaly. And in both cases, did everything but win the Camogie match. So yeah. um, you'd, you'd be hoping that they would recapture that type of form and that it would be enough to get them over the line in Capamore on Saturday evening. Yeah, you'd imagine if they played like they did against Clare in the Gaelic Crowns that evening that they, they'd have enough, but... Yeah, look, it is it is a huge game. It might be the third game, but as I said, it's kind of really where you can kickstart your entire year, you know. Spare a thought for John Lillis, you know. He he was faced with filling very, very big gaps from yeah. from last year's squad. You you you'd Carl O'Leary, you you'd Debbie Murphy, you Arnie Cunningham, you'd Ju, Judith Mulcahy, you'd Roisin Ambrose, who decided to concentrate on football this year and has done so spectacularly well. So yeah. um you know that that that's that's a third of you. You're nailed on starting fifteen. You know, and there are big gaps like um, Judith Mulcahy was 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 playing centre centre back. On you cutting him inside in the forwards and like we 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 saw last year, um, uh, how Anya Cunningham was fast tracked from the junior team, um, to the senior team in the space of a week. Yeah. And with jolly good with jolly good reason because she was damn very good. You yeah. know, and to, to, to lose her and, of course, lose the experience of Debbie Murphy and and Karen O'Leary, like, like two All-Ireland minor medals winners and intermediate medal winners in, in, in 2014, um, to lose players of that calibre and, and that that experience, you know, um, it, 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 it was a hard enough hand um, that, 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 um, that um, John Lillis picked up. And, um, you know, he's got to get on with it and make the most of it. He has tried out as many players as was possible, I suppose, that there have been over 30 players involved in the league. So let's hope, Jack, that the corner will be turned in Capamore on Saturday. Yeah, let's hope. Saturday evening, as you said, in Capamore at 5 o'clock, the, the riskier team in action against Hoffley and hoping to, to kind of really kickstart their season. Um, so as we as we approach the end of the podcast, the kind of any other business kind of section, Celtic challenge. It wasn't to be for Limerick Sarsfields at the weekend, losing to a very strong Cork side. But again, 
this whole idea of the Celtic Challenge is to give the players that want with weren't with their county minor teams, I suppose, exposure at a, at a good level of hurling. They got to play in the Celtic Crowns, and while the result didn't go their way, you'd imagine there's a lot of players that do come through this kind of system that, you know, they can go into their clubs with a bit of confidence and then they might be picked up. We saw Evan O'Leary, who for Article reached and was drafted into the early under 20 side and nearly won all Ireland medal. Like, so while the result was disappointing, more green shoots for Limerick, it appears. Yeah, disappointing and full credit to, 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 um, uh, to those behind them. Um, no, it was tweaked. Uh, they, like they had already played North Cork this year and, and the way that the competition was previously structured, I don't think that could have happened. So, but that's for another day. Um, but huge credit to, to the men behind them because like coming out of the group stage, Jack, the Omens weren't good. As I, as I said, they'd lost to Clare. Now, they, they, that would have been a full Clare side drawn from the whole of County Clare. Um, they had drawn actually with Galway, who were beaten in the A final by Tipperary, and they they they'd lost to Narcourt by a similar score. And then they they they, they just the, the lads worked with them and got at it, and and they went to Kilkenny in the quarter final, won, bagged five goals on the day. Too often Kilkenny teams allow five goals in, but they did. Um, then they had a home game against Dublin Plunkets in the semi final, which they won comfortably as well. And it looked at halftime on last Saturday, Jack, that they may be on course to pull it off because they played against a strong breeze. And whilst they trailed, they only trailed by four points, 210 to 1-9. But um, uh, North Cork seemed to find that extra gear um, against the elements in, 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 in the second half and um, ran out convincing winners 416 to 212 which I suppose was not a fair reflection on the effort that Limerick Sarsfields had put in. But, like, congratulations to those behind them. Congratulations to the lads. Like, they, they played six games. It, it, it was exposing a lot of players, as you said, in your, um, at the outset in your opening remarks, Jack, that wouldn't otherwise have been exposed to hurling at this level. And all it can do is augur well for the future of Limerick hurling. Yeah, it certainly does that. Getting to finals is not easy. So that's just kind of... Where Limerick are these days and it comes to Ireland that you're kind of expecting them to get to finals and the more finals are in, the kind of, I suppose, more used to them you become. You can see with John Kiley's side, they knew how to perform on the day and the senior final because they've been there so often. Um, we also have county leagues, as I mentioned at the very outset, kind of coming to an end um, in certain um, divisions. Obviously, Skeeton last night won... The West Junior League. Uh, it's a long time for the boys coming. Did they, Jack? Did they? Did. Beat Rakhil 115-114. Uh, brilliant game in FINA. Um, very exciting. Uh, Barry Coleman, who was part of the football squad, scored a goal for Rakhil to put them three ahead. But the lads dug in deep and I think Willie got 11 on the night. But it was a brilliant game. Um, I don't think either team should be in the, in the Junior League. They're definitely... Um, where, like intermediate centre in the West League at at the least, but a good game of hurling. Um, this kind of this kind of style of hurling is it's coming at all levels. Kind of the way Limerick play, the kind of use of the short passing. You know, it, it seems to be working for a lot of teams. So that was good to see. But one thing we will have flagged because there's so many games going on, it's hard to go through them all. Obviously, I was at that game, so I know. But there's a lot of walkovers being given, Matt. 
and in knockout stages, it's like you, you don't know what goes on at any club, but surely if you're getting to semifinals or finals or that kind of knockout stages, you shouldn't be given walkovers. Yeah, it's alarming, Jack, but I suppose not enough to send um, alarm bells into red, you know. But certainly, um, I find it very, very difficult to get my head around um, people playing in group stages, getting to semifinals and giving walkovers. Um, I, yeah. Maybe it's my simple mind, Jack, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't, you're not meant to laugh at my simple mind, though, by the way. But um, it... it, it, it um, I just don't get it. And I don't think it's good for the game now. No, it's but, it's definitely not. I don't like obviously rural teams are, are stretching their limits and everyone wants a second team to give everyone a chance, but I suppose the numbers aren't there. You know, you're better off not having the team than, than giving walkover. It's just something that we've noticed. And we, we will get into the leagues kind of as they get close to conclusion because there's so much. Jack, we have we have law we have lauded in the past, in the last number of weeks, we have lauded the, the structures of the league and as you know, I'm back out and about again and I have taken soundings. And like, you know, there, there's this universal um, praise for the structures of the league. And, you know, you have a league, you play a league, you go, go down to two semifinals, at which stage it morphs into being a, a divisional championship. And once you come out of that, then it goes back into being a county league semifinal. Um, I I, I, I think the, the, the structure, when, when, you, when you compare the structure um, to to what we were, what, what the old structure was, I I think this is a very very good structure and a good progressive structure. And like here we are now, um, we're in the concluding stages of, of the competitions within the divisions, and actually we have we we've the start Jack of of the the league semi-finals. Um, I think they're penciled in for Monday. Like we 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 we're down to the last four in in the um. In, in the senior football league, and uh, one semi final is a repeat of last year's final between Newcastle West and Monoline, which Monoline won. And the other semi final is featuring St. Kieran's and Galbally. We're down to the semi finals in the intermediate as well, where you have Croom and Kappa are meeting, and I think it's Monoline and Phoenical Media and the other one. So, you know, they're, they're, they're making good progress, and they're getting their sharpening up. Um, uh, teams and players for the championship, and um, I I think it's a very 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 good structure. And for the most part, Jack, and for the most part, clubs have bought into into these competitions big time. But like whenever you see um when you see walkovers and um uh, you set yourself in 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 ordinary group games, you set yourself maybe it was a dead rubber. Um, that it wasn't necessary to play it in some instances. But when you see it in the knockout stage, Jack, it's, it's, it's a bit alarming. Yeah, it's a bit alarming, right? But um, credit to all the teams that are filling their fixtures and winning games. And Absolutely. From what I've seen in, in the games, they're better than any challenge game you're going to get with the championship just around the corner. Um, all going well, the championship will be on in, in three weeks' time. But again, it probably depends on results for the inter-county team. Um, best look to probably seen tonight, the Junior B against St. Kieran's in the West semi-final. So, you know where my colours are in, in that game. Um, if this goes out on Wednesday, I suppose that game is on Wednesday. Another thing, Matt, is for the leave insert, it will have started by the time this podcast comes out, but I'm sure there's a share of people doing the leave insert and um, wish them the best of luck. Um, it's a very important time for, for people at that stage of their life. 
it's not to be all and end all, but it's something you put a lot of time into. So hopefully people come up with the grades they want and that it won't define them at the end of the day, but you wishing the best of luck. And I'm sure you agree with, with that sentiment with regards to leaving well, certs. Absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't agree more, Jack. Um, it, it's like it's it's been um Jack, it has been a challenging couple of years for students in general, and I, I, I think the greatest challenge that has has um, uh, that they have confronted is 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 the challenge of uncertainty, and particularly in the early stages of the pandemic, there was questions: would there be a leaving certificate? Wouldn't there be a leaving certificate? All that sort of thing, and then there was the other one: would it be sat, sat in the conventional way, or would it be the grades, or what have you? You know, and like, whilst it's not the be all and end all of everything, it, it is important enough, Jack, because um, it's it, it, it's the gateway to third level and probably the gateway to the rest of your life, you know, to a certain degree. So, like, we wish all the students, and I think there are 130,000 between the leaving set and, and the uh, group set or the intercept, um, sitting the exams from today, Wednesday, which we're recording. Um, and we wish them all the very, very best to look. Yeah, I echo that again. Before we go, Matt, the, the win of Peugeot, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. Um, again, there's plenty of time for people to, to buy their ticket. Um, online sales finish up on the 26th of August, which is two months away. Um, one to three months away, I suppose. And the, the draw itself is on the 2nd of September. But... I, like you couldn't plug it enough. Um, it's going back into Limerick, and we've seen how much joy Limerick have given us over the last few years. But for twenty quid to win a, a Peugeot, um, e two thousand and eight, you know, like the lovely looking car, and I'll play a video there in a second, and I'll play the video now all together, and we we get a good good look at the car, and then we can discuss it afterwards. Because hopefully. One of us to be driving around in it. Adam Zaglin are delighted to continue yeah, our association with Limerick GA. We've been sponsoring the Limerick footballers with his kit fan for the last 17 years. On this occasion, we're delighted to be associated with Adams of Glen. Uh, and on this occasion, uh, the lucky winner will receive a brand new Peugeot 2008 electric vehicle. It's a full electric uh, Peugeot E 208 Allure. Um, it's zero emissions, zero noise, and you're, you're feeling your carbon emissions are zero on it as well. All the proceeds of these sales go to the promotion of our games, hurling and football, and the sport of the training fund. You can buy tickets in uh, multiple different ways. You can log on to the website winapuja.ie, get onto your local club, ring Limerick GAA, or even call into our dealership in Glynn, and you can get buy your tickets there physically. No, oh, that was John Cregan, John Hennon, and Shane Adams there discussing the new Peugeot. As he said, you can get them at winapuja.ie. If you're heading back to Ballybunion, you'll be passing Glynn. You could get him uh, on sale and Adam's a Glynn. I know the video cut you off, Matt. What were you going to say? No, no Jack, I'm, I'm saying I, I couldn't exhort people strongly enough um, to, to get the tickets. I, I know things are tight with a lot of people at the moment, but like John Cregan rightly said there in his clip in the video, if, you can, if you're not in, you can win. But Jack, um, you know, we 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 we're just after witnessing three days ago an absolute spectacle, mm. an absolute day, an absolute event that brought so much joy and so much happiness to many, so many Limerick people, not just in Limerick, but Limerick people wherever they are in, in the world. Now the twenty euro ticket won't make it happen, Jack. 
but it can go a long, long way to making it happen. So yeah, well, I would appeal. I would appeal to people. Johannan rightly said there in 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 the trip. Every last sentiment is going back into the preparation and the development of players, both in hurling and football. And like we were we were talking about, you know, the Munster final. We we spoke about it at length. We spoke at considerable time about Limerick footballers. You know, all this doesn't happen by chance, and it doesn't all happen for nothing. Mm. So, like, I, I would appeal to Limerick supporters everywhere to please join the draw. Please, please join the draw. Because the money is being used exceptionally well, every last cent of it. And it, 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 it helps and goes a long way to creating days like last Sunday. Yeah, it's certainly been used in the right way. We've seen development from the footballers and hurlers and long may continue because you can't buy days like like last Sunday in fairness and it just goes a long way towards that. I suppose it would be remiss of us to not to finish podcast anything other than the the hurling at the weekend and I don't know what I'm I'm trying to get at here, but in in the grand scheme of things, kind of regardless of what happens from here, Matt, like and I know it's mid season, but like they've delivered so much this team and you kind of alluded to there like that these days they don't come around very often um you know it, it's four months finals in a row and you kind of take it for granted we've only been able to go to two really which i suppose disrupts that in a way but you have to say like a, i suppose a huge thank you to, the, to john kiley paul canark dodge and cunningham all the players you know all the backroom t- staff like you know it, it doesn't happen overnight they've obviously put a lot of work in you'll see that photo of the there's Nicky Quaid, Sean Finn, Barry Nash, Jeremy Burns, and Mike Casey. Like that doesn't happen overnight. Just the strength of these players. But look, they're just giving us brilliant days. And we had a long two years there, Matt. And they were delivering during that and they're delivering still. So like just very grateful that they're they're from Limerick and they're our team support and they continue to deliver. Just just put it into context, uh, Jack. You know, um, winning four provincial championships in a row is a phenomenal achievement. And what some counties around this country would give just to win a win a one provincial championship. Um, some of those that stick out in my mind um, was Longford's first um, and only Leinster championship in '68. Westmead's one and only championship in 2005. Leitrim's second championship in in 1993, um, uh, when Declan Darcy led him to to success. Um, uh, What they would give just for one. And here here we are with four. And, like, you know, it's not the first time that we have won four um, um, Munster championships in a row. It's the second time we did it, 33 to 36. Now, Cork have done it four times, won four in a row. They've won five in a row twice, um, 75 to 79 and 82 to 86. They've won five in a row. But what can be taken from us, Jack? Uh, Declan Hannon was the first man to take custody of the um, McMackey Cup on Sunday. And I suppose another achievement for Declan Hannon that was overshadowed by the Mackey Cup and, and and the win on the day. Declan Hannon is the first man in the history of the Munster Championship to captain four winning teams in a row. 
Now he he equal he equal Christy Ring's record. Christy Ring captain Clark to four uh, to four monster championships in a row, but they were not in succession. And likewise, um, Johnny Lahey of Tipperary, in the dim and distant past of nineteen sixteen to nineteen twenty five, captain Tipperary to five monster championships, but they weren't in a row. Declan Hannan alone is the only man to lead his county to four monster championship titles in a row. Has anyone Happy captain? Day. Happy days, Jack. Captain the team to three All Irelands in a row. There has one, one player, Sean Og Murphy of Cork in the twenties. Okay, so there's a few things left for Declan to do. You got a history. You got a history lesson at the end by default, Jack. Yeah, yeah, but sure, look, it's it's well worth it. Hopefully, in years to come, it'll be Declan Hannon's name. They'll be rolling up tongue there that he was the first man or the only man to do this, and he's, they're definitely looking like he could be the second ever man to the captain trainer. All, but for now, it's just enjoy the Munster final. I'm sure a lot of people have watched it back. Um, I certainly did. It was a brilliant game. I suppose you don't appreciate it in real time how just how good it was. But I would definitely urge anyone to to watch it back because it was brilliant. But there's a, there's a long there's a long day. I'll give it that. It was just pure tension. You'd be drained afterwards, but you'd you'd give it all to do it again. And as I said, the, <laughs> the third... it was, it was a long day. It was a long week leading into it, and yeah. the tension was building up for the week. We just stopped. Yeah, and look to to fair to Claire. Claire played their part. Um, you know, Tipperary gave a lot of it in the half last year, but that game was over after about forty five minutes, fifty minutes. You know, against. Well, the previous year, we weren't able to go against Tip. They kind of ran over him in 19. You know, it was great to have a game that Limerick had to dig so deep and came out the right side. So, look, a huge congratulations to Limerick on winning four in a row. We're looking forward to July 3rd already. Um, this weekend, it's the turn of the other teams. Um, the ladies footballers get their campaign underway against Antrim. The Camogie team will look to kind of kickstart their campaign against Offaly. And obviously, the senior footballers are in qualifier action against Cork on Sunday in Parky Cueve with a place another and qualifying luck for grabs so a huge thank you to everyone that listened or watched um i know it was a long one but i'm sure you don't mind listening to talking about hurling too long and we'll, we'll end with our our usual intro and outro that we off, so often refer to but day by day week by week we're getting so many new clips we obviously have the win and i suppose tom condon's catch in 2018 is an obvious one kyle's goal last year against tipperary garod's goal against Clear at the weekend. We're getting a lot more moments like this, but for now, we'll finish Nicky with that. Save, Jack. Yeah, I know. I only watched it back a while ago. Like, just so many moments. Um, So, for me, anyway, thank you, Matt, and thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Looking forward to another quarterfinal and that the ladies footballers and Camogie team have wins. For now, that's it. Thank you, Matt, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Jack. The pressure in the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it. And that's it. No ifs, no buts.